Ding dong. I'm in the garden. Can you come round the side? Yes, I'm coming round the side. There's a lot of bags of sand out here. I'm redoing the old patio. Doing oh. a bit of the old DIY. Doing a bit of the old DIY, eh? Bit of the old DIY, bit that's the old me. DIY. Yeah, big fan, big fan doing the patio. You've got to you've got to brush the sand into the cracks and wait for it to settle, then add more sand. Anyway, sorry, why are you here? Stop doing that patio stuff. Okay, but it's patio Tuesdays. I booked a day off work just to work on my patio, jet wash, fill in the cracks with sand, and have a sit down. That's my day. But do you have time to squeeze in a big meeting? Uh, can you do next Tuesday? Can you do 10 minutes from now? 10 minutes from now? Yes. Get in this cab. We're going to Soho. The, we're in my back garden. What cab? <coughs> oh, that cab. It's time for Big Meeting. We haven't sold a pitch. Uh, yeah, that's true. I've met someone amazing. She's called Melody Bridges. She's directed stuff. She's written stuff. She talks on the radio about film. She lectures. She's just an expert. She just knows stuff about film. And we need advice from someone like that. If you'd said anything else, I would say no, it's Patio Tuesday. But this sounds like it's worth it. I don't think the Patio thing is very funny. I think we should drop it. Hello, Melody. So nice to see you. Hello. Thank you so much for coming to see us and, and helping us with our with our ideas. OK, well, we'll see how that goes. You haven't met Adrian before. Um, would, would you be able to tell Adrian a little bit about what you do and, and how you might be able to help us? I am a presenter, a writer, broadcaster as well. Um, I am involved in various kind of pitching conversations in terms of pitching some of my own ideas or working with other creatives and helping support them to develop them further. Um, and yes, I have a lot of meetings. I'm sure this one is going to be a very interesting and memorable one. And, you know, we've had what well, we've had five, five amazing meetings now. No one has yet phoned us back to give us money for our ideas. Now, that might be an answer phone problem, uh, internet connectivity, 5G something. But maybe we just need a bit more advice on, on, the, on the ideas that we have. And we'd love to basically just hear your feedback and, and tell us what you think. Give it to us straight. Hmm, yes. I would also say don't lose heart because development's a very long process. And there are some wonderful ideas that sometimes uh, take you know, several years in order to come to fruition. So don't get downhearted about it. Well, several years. Let's, let's, have, let's meet again in two years' time and see <laughs> uh, and, and can. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and take it from there. To be honest, I'm pretty sure it is an answer phone problem. But yes, okay. you may be right. OK. Big meeting. Uh, do you want to go first, Adrian? I'm very happy to go first. OK. OK. And the first one is called Watch Me, Mrs. Pinkerton! Exclamation mark. Right. Very important to talk about the punctuation. Harry Styles builds special microwaves for people with very, very, very small kitchens. During a routine installation, Harry overhears his customers planning a robbery. Using his knowledge of door opening angles and specific hinge preparations, Harry constructs a machine that will not only stop the heist itself, but will at the same time teach the would-be criminals the error of their ways and put them on a path to an honest living and a different view of the world. Okay. Watch me, Mrs Pinkerton. Interesting. Um, and what kind of genre did you think this would be? Is this horror? Is this... Um, this is extreme horror. <clears throat> extreme horror. Extreme horror, right. I, I wasn't entirely sure. Or was it more of a kind of practical, something that people who like DIY would really enjoy? Or are you going for comedy? Is this comedy? 
it's interesting you mentioned the DIY angle because I think the specific hinge preparations mm. and the various mechanical unlocking devices yes. takes up probably 80% of the film, the mm. discussion of that. And the uh, we'll have to design potentially some new lenses in order to get close enough onto the actual detail of these hinges to really explain that for the audience. Because I think that's what brings it to life. That's what makes it exciting. Question is, do you think that you could see this in mainstream cinema? It's going to cost a lot to have Harry Styles. Harry Styles is a very talented and busy individual. So um, to really have him and make this a mega movie is going to cost a lot. Well, hinges, sponsorship from potentially B&Q... Hinge manufacturers. Any hinge manufacturer, really. I see the poster is literally just a hinge and then the date. Hinging on Harry. Could be. Has there ever been a uh, DIY horror crossover before? Because I think that's a that's a that's new ground. I don't know. I had, I'm not. A, I can't say I've seen a lot of things like Saw, but I presume there there is an element of DIY within that. To my shame, I have seen all the Saw films in the cinema. Mm-hmm. I might add. Right. Uh, now, the explanation of things like hinge preparations is not really gone into it's more of a fantasy mm-hmm. this is grounded in reality the right. hinges need to be possible in the real world okay so so you want realistic hinges realistic hinges and number you one you want a realistic harry styles yes please um and a, a small world can i take you back to that the idea that everything was miniature what was that about and why was that choice made what Interesting you say that. That's not that's not quite what, what we were going for, but that, that actually it, t- it takes it to another level, which I really, really like. The original idea was that Harry Styles builds special microwaves for people who have very, very small kitchens. So just their kitchen is very small. Oh, however, I see. However, I do enjoy the idea that mm. the entire world in which his customers live for undisclosed reasons is extremely small. That's what I was wondering was where you were going. Well... W- the Lord of the Rings, we've talked about this filming technique before. You don't necessarily need to create the small world. You have a normal world and you have Harry Styles, uh, let me think, closer very far the, away from the camera. I think closer to the camera. Closer to the camera, then he'd be bigger. Yes, and the world looks smaller. Oh, I see. I thought he was supposed to fit into the world. Oh, interesting. Anyway, it's, it's uh, I think on a, a smaller budget than you might expect, Harry Styles could be made to look like he's in a small world. Or you just film it in a normal world and say it's small. That works too. Just with captions. Mm. Have you seen the trailer for Cats whereby all the furniture is extremely big so that the people look very small? There we go. So is that what you'd be looking for? That's fine. Carpentry, which is impressively large. Just going to float it. Harry could just sit down the whole time. And look smaller. Yeah, so we just film it from from a little bit of a higher angle. He's just sitting down and it looks like the world... No, hang on, that's wrong because then he's the wrong side. I think we need advice from a world-class DOP here yep. to basically really make this make this idea sing. Yeah, I think you need more technical advice on mm. and, and, and more of a vision. I'm not seeing it yet. I'm not seeing it yet. Um, I think I like the fact that you've really thought about where the money could come from in terms of sponsorship. Now, that that's quite promising. But um, other than that, I think you need more uh, insight into exactly what it's going to look like on the screen. Have you ever seen a microwave that doesn't open to the left? Right, next pitch, please. <laughs> That's a really good point. There must, there must be some space-age ones that kind of go up like that. I'd love to see that. My mother-in-law has been looking for one that opens to the right, potentially her entire life, <laughs> and has never found one. Okay, that is a film. 
well, I think that's, po- life- that's slightly ha- what her life, her, her life, life story, the, the lifelong quest for the right opening microwave. That's a that's a whole that's a Wes Anderson. She had to redesign her kitchen to make the microwave work. This is that's literally a Wes Anderson film. I think. Let's move on. Let's move on. This one is called Not My Type. Catherine O'Hara runs a typewriter review magazine based in Bury St. Edmunds. Declining typewriter sales have affected her advertising revenue and she devises an elaborate PR stunt in front of an audience in the town square she will eat a typewriter. Her nutritionist best friend Louise Redknapp is concerned and is advised by her psychic to stage an intervention using the medium of Pictionary. Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay, so there's some big events here. Uh, I can see that a peak would be the actual, um, you know, uh, showcase at Barry St. Edmunds um, and the stand-up moment where Louise Redknapp intervenes. Um, uh, so, and you feel it's a kind of town that deserves this kind of showcase? Well, it's it's ready for its big moment, isn't it, Barry St. Edmunds? Perhaps, perhaps. Um, okay, all right. And and um, the casting. So you feel that she was really good in Home Alone. Is that why you like this actress particularly? Well, I I, I think that uh, she's. I think she's great in Shit's Creek. I think she's amazing. Um, I think that she um, she seems like the kind of person who is exceptional at comedy, but probably has always wanted to do something which is typewriter related. Typewriter related and and a little bit more. Um, uh, a little bit more quiet and measured, and you know, really express this this inner this this kind of quite quite small. You know, we 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 talk about sometimes big these blockbuster movies. It's always saving the world, save the universe. Well, actually, these small stories are quite uh, are quite interesting because they're still just as dramatic for the person. I actually really like that. I think that's a really good point. And I I actually have a kind of quirky old fashioned typewriter myself. So I d- I'm very um, fond of, as lots of writers are, that kind of um, item. However. In the mainstream, do, do you think that many people have typewriters nowadays? And do you think they can get the passion up to really care about typewriters? Niche audience, but dedicated community. Is it worth talking about the eating scene at all? Yes. So I don't see it so much as one of these, um, you know, she takes it all apart and then she has it all laid out and she sort of eats it bit by bit with a glass of water. It's more a kind of fancy dinner that's set out for her with a knife and fork and she has to kind of deconstruct the typewriter. Um, so it's a, it's a, and, and you, you have a kind of big orchestral soundtrack you know, which which kind of makes it into this kind of poetic moment where she's sitting there trying to eat it. And it's kind of tragic because it's very... I don't know if you've ever tried to eat a typewriter with a knife and fork. <laughs> um, strangely, most- I haven't. No. Um, I mean, is it supposed to be a metaphor? And if so, for what? I think it's a very powerful metaphor. I think it's a very powerful metaphor for, for eating things in general. For consumption in the, in the, uh, the modern age, how things have changed. Mm. The only question I have for you, actually, you know the big uh, wand that you, <laughs> that you push to start a new line? The arm. The arm. Yes. Does that need to be cut into pieces in order to be eaten? Perhaps that's the last piece. So like you're eating a whole roast chicken, then you finally have this wishbone and you're thinking, how am I going to eat that? And perhaps that's... I I hope you don't eat the wishbone. Well, I mean, no judgment on anyone who does, but I mean, I, you know... I'm a fussy eater. What can I say? So but maybe that's the moment where Louise Redknapp comes running in. This is, I mean, you can see this, can't you? Running through Bury St. Edmunds Town Square with a huge A1 flip chart under her arm. No, 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 no. And, and but, but she can't get through to Catherine O'Hara. 
puts it down as she's holding the arm of the typewriter and flips through some old stuff, which she, you know everyone on the flip chart has the stuff from the previous meetings just to find the page, gets the pen out and starts to hurriedly draw this Pictionary thing which says don't eat the typewriter before she kind of you know actually gets that um gets that arm into Pictionary in real life that's the danger she has to do it within the time allotted Pictionary in real life I mean it's quite exciting to think of um there was that wonderful film wasn't there The Artist that won a lot of Oscars mm. didn't it and they didn't really use words did they Absolutely um so there is precedence for dramatic scenes where no words are used um the flip chart is certainly something I haven't seen um before um, again I'm going to ask you casting questions why Louise Redknapp Louise Redknapp just has an intensity which I think is right for this. Someone who um, who you, you, you know is a creative person, as an energetic person. Do we know that? Do we, do we know? Oh, uh, well, I mean, she's, she, uh, uh, what was it called? Eternal? Eternal, Eternal. yes. Eternal. Year, years of song and dance. Oh, now, that pop band. And prob- yeah, exactly. probably, I mean, potentially Pictionary as well. We're, we're not sure about that. But. And what we're asking, well, you know what we need to do a little bit of research on is, was she ever on Win, Lose or Draw? I'll do that as we speak. Do that right now. What's Meanwhile, doing? so I see her as someone who is creative, expressive, and we're asking her through the film to actually be quite self-contained and, and withdrawn because she doesn't. We're saying you don't we, you don't know how to tell your friend that she's maybe making a mistake by eating a typewriter. So it's all bottled up until this final, you know, moment of release and catharsis where she expresses herself, and and, and I feel like Louise would just nail that. Okay, can I ask, um, so, I mean, obviously it is a mistake to eat the typewriter, but on the bigger scale, why is it a mistake to eat the typewriter? Well, because, you know, when you when you are passionate about something, and and the metaphor here is she's going to destroy the very thing that she loves, and, and Louise is, is a nutritionist, so has opinions about eating a, a, a reasonable amount of Bakelite or plastic, and the and also she's her friend and she doesn't want to see her kind of self-immolate in this way and 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 destroy her one true love for the sake of getting a few more advertising bucks by consuming what you love you destroy it that's the message in the film then. that's the tagline as well right so what, what do we think yes no maybe i can't quite see it at the moment i'm mm. sorry about that i'm i'm not quite sure which one of the problems I can really focus on, but I think there are several. But uh, also, particularly, I do like typewriters, and I think you would have um, protests from typewriter fans. Well, that that might um, add to the general uh, buzz about the film. Does it make a difference if uh, I th- I'm thinking the eating uh, slash Pictionary sequence is probably split screen because the challenge with seeing Louise doing the Pictionary and also our protagonist eating the typewriter, and also I'm thinking a little egg timer in the corner flipping over as that sequence starts so that it really makes you feel like it's a real life version of Pictionary, Mm. sponsorship from Pictionary. That's three split screens right there. I also have a little bit of unfortunate news. Yes. Louise Redknapp doesn't seem to have been on Win, Lose or Draw. Mm. I see. Interesting. I would also say that there are a number of uh, games that are looking to create films about their story. Mm. So Monopoly, uh, there's the movie of Monopoly. So maybe you'd be better to rejig this as a Pictionary story and repitch it with that in mind. Louise Redknapp, colon, a Pictionary story. I would definitely go and see that film. You've helped so much. Let's move on to to the next idea. This film is called Pencil Disaster. Debbie McGee, played
plays the lead role of Magnus, the former MP who, as a young woman in the 70s, was convinced that the government was hiding the existence of griffins from the public. She could never prove it, but spent many hours planning griffin drills and mapping routes through the corridors. Now, in 2020, when griffins emerge during building work in Big Ben and take over the Houses of Parliament, only Nigel Mansell can stop them. Now, this is my favourite so far. Um, You've got a very exciting uh, female lead here. Uh, You've got the idea that she could be a woman of power, Mm. MP, um, in the quarters of power here. Uh, The use of griffins, uh, which is obviously part of our kind of nation symbol. Um, This is actually really quite fun. Why Nigel Mansell? Nigel Mansell is the ultimate British hero in my book. Okay. Nigel Mansell is uh, stoic. He's serious. He is dedicated. And can the, move fast. The the Italian Ferrari fans used to call him Il Leone, the Lion. Therefore, the perfect man to fight Griffins. So you got your tagline there. Got the, the Lion versus the Griffin. That's it. I see. Okay, um, <clears throat> right. Uh, so, Demi McGee, I mean, actually, I, I genuinely think she's got all kinds of potential. Do you think she would enjoy acting? I mean, do you think she would enjoy being a star in a movie? I have a feeling she probably would. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, a, it's a, big, a big moment for her, but I think that culturally we're, we're reaching that point right now when the world is ready for Debbie McGee, former MP, who was really the one who... We have lots of flashbacks in the film. In the 70s, there are shots of Debbie McGee, de-aged Debbie McGee, mm-hmm. uh, going into various meetings in the Houses of Parliament, trying to convince people that Griffins are real, that she's heard things at night, always getting shot down. She eventually quits as an MP and re- goes back to her sort of country home. Um, and then she hears about the Griffins having invaded Big Ben. Yes. She is the person who calls Nigel, because they're pals anyway. Right, from the 70s. Uh, and she uh, shows him all her documents and blueprints and her ideas for weapons to use against the Griffins. Right. Sends in Nigel Mansell with all the Griffin weaponry, solves the problem. Okay. Um, right. Now, I mean, in, in a way, very timely because, of course, they're doing all this work on Big Ben and the House of Parliament, House of Lords. So who knows what they're going to discover at this point? Potentially Griffins. I don't know. And I think probably we need to just make something very clear. And I think I'm I think I'm on the same page as you here. The Prime Minister picks up the phone and says, The police have failed, the army have failed, you know who to get. And we cut to the door opening and it's Nigel Mansell. But it's actually Nigel Mansell. He's not playing a role, it's it's Nigel Mansell. Oh no, 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 no that, yes, absolutely, absolutely. In fact, it might not even be Nigel Mansell playing himself. It, we, we could choose someone else if necessary, if right. he's unavailable or or busy. Um one thing I'd, I'd quite like to just get clear, and I wonder if we could maybe develop this idea sort of on the spot. I've been reading up about griffins. Right. Apparently, it's never really been decided, uh, unsurprisingly, because uh, to many people, griffins aren't real. Um, it's never really been decided whether or not the griffin has eagle's talons as its front feet or whether it has lion's feet as its front feet. Because, as we know, it's the, the, the body, tail and back legs of a lion, the head and wings of an eagle... But its front feet, are they lion feet or are they eagle feet? Um, Any thoughts? Okay. In terms of our pitch, what do you think would work best? Uh, 
I don't know that that's the thing that's going to be the issue when you're pitching this. I think you're misreading the uh, <clears throat> the time in that a lot of people really love animals and it might be much better to subvert your story um, and go with, I think there's a kind of charming children's film like Nessie or something where there's everyone wants to kill the Loch Ness Monster but there's a boy who connects with a, not Nessie. I think you need this to be a story about the Griffins being heroes. I think you need Debbie McGee to be the person who releases the Griffins and I think you'll get behind, you know, children love animals and fantastical animals so I think uh, you know, this needs to be a story about saving the Griffins, not destroying the Griffins. I that's perfect. And I think that potentially in that case, there needs to be a reason why the Griffins are occupying the Houses of Parliament. And without getting into politics, maybe there's something about the way in which the refurbishments are taking place. They're slightly spoiling some of the historical artefacts and the Griffins are there to defend that. Yes. Or, or, or it's a cover up. Whole, actually, whole, yeah, fine. It's a cover up. The whole refurbishment is actually a cover up to protect the Griffins. They say, oh, yes, we have to refurbish the crumbling building. No, no, no. What you're doing is actually protecting the Griffins for future generations. Maybe Nigel Mansell has had a run in with a Griffin in his early days, which he's scarred by. And he's actually the and he, he hates Griffins because of this. And the film is about him having to be educated and come to terms with coexistence with griffin kind mm, yes there is a there's a famous moment in which nigel mansell lost a formula one race right at the end when he was leading and he was clearly going to win and then something went wrong in the last lap i think potentially there's a scene where you're re-watching that footage uh in the sort of cobra meeting room uh, in downing street and they, they pause it and they enhance a section of the footage and you see there's a griffin flying past the cockpit of the car and that's what puts him off and that's why he uh, has a special connection with griffins. He, but I think, I think it's a fantastic idea that he's initially sent in as the, uh, the destroyer mm-hmm. of the griffins but he actually gets to uh, commune with them, communicate with them somehow yes. and uh, understands what's going on and that actually the bad guys are the humans. Mm. We will put a writing credit for you on the pitch deck for that one because you've you've helped it so much. So when we're showing it to executives, we'll, we'll it will have your name on it. Um, perhaps perhaps no, but thank you anyway. I do appreciate that, and I think saving the animals is always a stronger task nowadays. So, so, sorry, eagle front feet or lion front feet? Snap decision. One each. Eagle. One each. Lion. Oh. Oh, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have to go with Lion. We'll go with you. We'll go with you. <laughs> I'm going to pick you up on one thing. I do not believe... You mentioned griffin eggs. I do not believe that a griffin has the anatomy to produce an egg. Well, this is an interesting question. Uh, the body, tail, and back legs of a lion, with you so far, but the head and wings of an eagle. Now, I'm. I think you're right, because unless the area inside an eagle in which an egg is developed is in the head or the wings then perhaps you're right having said that this is a unique animal i think that uh it lays eggs i have a quote here from pliny the pliny the elder okay breaking news griffins were said to lay eggs in burrows on the ground and these nests contained gold nuggets ah. now we're not going to mess with pliny the elder on i this. don't think we should i think we should take it what he says and yes i i like the visual of the eggs on the top of big ben being discovered wow I like that. diamonds are for never 
Natalie Portman is a crooked dentist who hides diamonds for the mob in her patients' fillings in their teeth to keep them safe from the FBI. The plan is to wait for 10 years until the heat has died down and then take out the teeth. But after nine years, she gets amnesia and can't remember whose teeth she put the diamonds in, or rather, in whose teeth she put the diamonds. At first, the mob bosses, played by Phyllis Smith and Stefan Dennis, are angry. But after 20 years of trying every technique they can to help her remember, they give up and move on, leaving Portman alone in a care home uh, because she's very old. In the final shot, as they leave, she turns to camera and smiles, and you see a little sparkle in her mouth. Was she fooling them all along? And did she actually put the diamonds in her own teeth? We never find out. Claymation. Okay. Um, I can't work out at this point whether you're kind of wearing me down. I'm, I'm kind of in this disorientating small box and I've had a lot of coffee and I'm somehow that sounds like quite a good story, but it could just be the state of mind I'm in. Um, I, I think it's a really fun title and who wouldn't want to watch Natalie Portman, right? Natalie yes. Portman in anything. Natalie mm. Portman in anything. Agreed. Um, the dental angle is not one we've seen before. Generally speaking, we don't see so much about teeth. Is that a reason for that? Are we generally a bit kind of icky about teeth? Maybe we don't want to see too much about teeth in drama? So, so no, I, I think the dental angle it might require some uh, quite complex uh, filming techniques. It'd take a while to set up shots. You know the little round um, mirror that they use on the end of a stick and put in your mouth to look at the back of your mouth. Do yeah. they still do that or is that they something from the 80s? They do do that, but again, again, I think people feel a little bit icky about this kind of thing because okay. it's, it's a lovely idea, but the kind of bit where you have to go in and out of people's mouths might be the bit that people don't like so much. Does the fact that this is all claymation help? Because you wouldn't, it wouldn't be real teeth. It would be clay teeth, like Wallace and Gromit. Sorry, I don't think I quite gathered that. You mean so the whole story right from the beginning is like the wrong trousers? Same style of claymation, yes. Right. Okay. I think it's an amusing short, at most, um, but still quite unusual and could be fun. I think I think I'll take that. I think I'll definitely take that. Any other thoughts, Pete? I. Uh... Have Aardman ever made anything like this? Do you think it'd be hard to sell it to them, or do you think this is exactly what they're looking for? I think this is exactly what they're looking for. I think that the uh, the the gangster dental epic is something I, I don't think they've done before. You've given us a lot of food for thought, and um, we're learning so much right now. We have some short um, ideas, which maybe just give us your gut instinct reaction. Yes, no, hate it, like it don't understand brilliant let's make it tomorrow you know pirate ships arrive in 21st century miami can mayor Hunniford save the day with meditation skills or must he turn to his dark past and unleash the demon force okay um so meditation versus uh dark past mm. okay Pirates, everyone likes pirates. Uh, you know, Miami, it's going to be expensive. Boots, uh, going to look for a big budget on that. Yes, I definitely. can't quite see it yet, but maybe if you attach some big names, you never know. It's all it needs, right? All it needs. Big name? Who would who would work in that? Mayor, Mayor Hunniford? Gloria Hunniford. Well, there we go. Don't even need to change the last name. Less confusing for the actors. Saves admin. Bostrom 3000. In the year 3000, France is once again occupied, but this time by giant goats. 
A descendant of Officer Crabtree from a lower low is once again helping the resistance. He has exactly the same accent, but with an additional twist, which is he has to speak like a goat when the goat bosses come into the cafe. So you're talking about the policeman who used to say good morning. That's exactly the one. Right. Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, obviously, he, he holds a, a real place in the nation's heart. Um, the goats. How, how, how do you plan on doing the goats? Giant goats. Giant goats. How, sorry, how do, you, how do you plan on doing the giant goats? They are so large that you really only ever see sort of one leg at a time because it almost fills the screen. They're, they're that big. So I think you'd, all you need to do is construct one leg and just reuse it from different angles. There's a lot of blah, goat sounds. That's almost exactly it, yes. So that's how he has to speak whenever they come into the, the cafe, which is also, of course, specially adapted so that the giant goats can fit into it so it has no roof, for example. Open-air cafe. Right. Really confused at this point, but, but, but I do enjoy something with that character. We could see more of him again, couldn't we? I think we can agree on that. Fantastic. And just as a, just an end point to this, Pete, um, how, how do you think his goat voice might sound? Hello? Next. Next. Stefan Grappelli was actually a dragon. Sorry, I don't, I don't quite understand. Stefan, so, uh, jazz violinist yes. Stefan Grappelli. Yes. Turns out he was actually a dragon. Right. And what is the purpose of that? So, um, I suppose when you hear someone who's so wonderfully skilled, mm -hmm. you think, I mean, it's almost like he's magical. Turns out he was magical and he was actually a dragon in human form, uh, expressing his um, incredible powers through the majesty of jazz. Right. Um, maybe, maybe. I, I, I'm not sure you could go for such a well-known person, but uh, a, a, a dragon jazz player, there could be more in that. Hmm. The Conquistadors accidentally stumble through a portal to find Victoria Corin Mitchell, who lives in a liquid world. Um, she may well already live in a liquid world, and I hope she does. Hats off to her. Um, so, the Conquistadors, you're talking about history, mm. drama, mm -hmm. comedy? Uh, fantasy. Okay. So, th this is, um, you know, this is a, a group of these guys who have been press-ganged into, into joining the Navy, and they kind of break off from the main charge towards the... Uh, quest for the city of gold, and and they, they actually find something interesting, which is this portal, and they and they and they tumble through it, and here is this bizarre world which they have to somehow get their head around, but it's liquid. Okay, um, yeah, and possibly you know history is always a good one. There is a city of gold story coming out right now, so you could you'd have to do a different topic because there is a Dora the Explorer, City of Gold film just about to come out. Really? I'm afraid I'm afraid that I didn't want to say anything, but I'm afraid that's true. But I think that's an easy tweak. Change it to something else. Atlantis. Why not? That would um, almost definitely be a more easy sell of the liquid world. Oh yes, that's true. So people searching for Atlantis actually find Atlantis. Right. That's a slightly more pedestrian idea yeah. in a way. <laughs> we'll think it we'll come back to that one. Just just to sum up then, Melody, thank you so much again for your time today. You're welcome. Is there anything that stands out for you as a sort of general notes on, on what we're trying to achieve here? And then in addition to that, what have you liked that we've said? Standout favourite, Debbie McGee. Debbie McGee in the Houses of Parliament, 
I can see that worldwide being quite big. People like uh, images of London and Griffins, and I think that would be a very fun one. Um, you've got some great ideas um, and some very strange ideas, um, and but don't lose heart. I honestly would say that development takes a long, long time. Uh, basically, what we're saying is the, if we just keep saying them to people for a long time, eventually someone might just give us money to make them. It's like walking through a wall. You just keep doing keep, it an infinite keep. number of times. At some point, you will walk through the wall. I, I presume. I presume that's how this works. You just keep saying the idea no matter what reaction yeah. you get. Was that what you meant? Um, not entirely. <clears throat> not in, uh, entirely. But I, I, I definitely uh, think that uh, there are some nice ones in there. And uh, <clears throat> I don't, you seem both very nice. And I want to uh, congratulate you for some fun, fun thoughts in there. Thank you. We are doing our damnedest. Great meeting. Great meeting. We learned so much. Melody was brilliant. I really appreciated her time and all her input. Really, really good. Really helpful. You don't think she was just being nice to us? Oh, of course. No, no, definitely not. I mean, did you see her eyes light up when I mentioned the Griffins? And Arthur Bostrom? Slightly less so with Arthur Bostrom. Do you think she knows somebody who knows Arthur? Now, it's interesting you say that. Regular listeners to the show probably know that we have a bit of a thing about a low, a low. Arthur Bostrom, if you're listening, we've tried to reach out to you. We haven't made any progress yet, but you are our number one guest. So maybe Melody, we should have asked. She may know him. So what do you mean show? I'm sorry? Oh, you mean, you mean. <laughs> um, you get one. I don't know. What do you mean show? What, what is what? going on here? What? Ah! What? <laughs> Find Big Meeting on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and at bigmeeting.org.